0: We are continuing the series that we've been looking at through the eyes uh, Jesus through the eyes of John. Um, John was Jesus' closest disciple, and so we're looking at Jesus through his eyes in his gospel. And today we're looking at one of the seven great "I am" statements that Jesus made to teach us something about himself. You know, last week we looked at the statement "I am the bread of life," and we talked about what all that meant and the implications of that. Today, we see Jesus saying, I am the light of the world, and I want to read it and unpack it and see what Jesus is, is saying here. John 8, 12, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Now, Jesus is making a statement about himself and implying something about this world. He's saying that this world in, nat- in its natural state is steeped in darkness. Um, and darkness, of course, represents evil. This, this world this system is corrupt and it's broken. And I don't think there's any argument about that at all, uh, especially these past seven months. Not just dealing with the pandemic, but everything else. I mean, the Apostle Paul calls this time that we live in, he calls it this present evil age because evil rules. And we see that all throughout history, the darkness rules this earth. Um, but you really don't, you know, you really don't even have to go back in history. You can just look around at what's going on today everywhere you look. You hear about destruction and violence and division and slander and hostility and strife and hatred. It's, it's, it's all animosity. It's all around us. I mean, just look at the contentious atmosphere of our elections right now and consider how, how violently some people react to just being asked to wear a mask in public. Something as simple as that will set somebody off and you never know what's going to happen. We've forgotten how to disagree and Still be civil. We've forgotten how to treat people with respect and dignity and that all comes from this Evil world system in which we live But there's good news and the good news is Jesus came to banish the darkness He came to defeat the evil around us There's one answer to darkness and it's light darkness is never defeated by adding more darkness. You don't defeat darkness by getting darker. Darkness will never defeat darkness and darkness will never defeat light. But light always chases and defeats darkness. You've heard me say that before. Light always chases the darkness. John uh, John 1.5 tells us, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. See, when jesus said that he's the light of the world he said that emphatically he said i am the light of the world now let's consider that for a minute first the words i am the light as we said darkness uh, represents evil and light represents truthfulness and moral purity john tells us in his first letter that god is light and in him is no darkness at all. And, and that means that in Jesus, there is no darkness. He is sinless, he is good, he is righteous, he is just, he is holy. And Jesus represents what humanity was intended to be. He is the perfect human being, the perfect human being, uh, along with, with being God, but he represents what humanity was, was intended to be. And I think most of us here would agree with that. And yet sometimes when I hear, you know, when, when bad things happen, I often hear, you know, I don't understand. You know, why would God do this to me? Or, or we think God's paying me back because I did this bad thing over here or, 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 or something. And, and so God's paying me back. But we got to realize that that is wrong thinking. It's, it, it's just wrong thinking. God is a good God. And while there are consequences to the things that we do, to our actions... God is not up in heaven waiting to send bad things our way when we mess up but a lot of people think that Jesus already paid for our sin on the cross God is good James 1:17 tells us every good gift and every perfect gift is from where is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change in other words he doesn't change He is who he is, and he will always be who he is. So when something bad happens, don't blame God. Don't ask, you know, God, how could you do this? Or say, well, there's a reason for everything, as if God has some hidden agenda behind every evil happening in the world. He's not the one behind the evil. He's not the one behind the tragic things that happen. In John's first letter, he says, uh, in chapter 3, 8, he says, Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. The reason he appeared was to destroy those works of the devil. Jesus is the light of the world, and he came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to expose them. He didn't come to contain the darkness. He came to destroy it. He came to banish it so as the light of the world he's the answer to the condition of this world he's also the answer to how to 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 live in this world because as the light jesus illuminates our path and he does this in three ways first he shows us the path to take and you know he, he shows us how we're meant to live he does this by both teaching us and then demonstrating or showing us what life is to look like then he reveals pitfalls along the path you know, Jesus said, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you, you'll you have the, the light that leads to life. It's like when you get up at night and get out of bed and the room is dark, you know, you, know you, you don't have to worry about stubbing your toe, you know, because the light's on, you know, he lights our path. He reveals the things, you know, when we're walking in the light, we can see the things in front of us and say, aha, there's a, there, there's a, 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 there's a pit that I... I'm going to go around and not fall into. Um, you know, when when we pay attention, we can avoid those you know pitfalls and painful mistakes that so many so often people run into. Next, he shows us how life is supposed to work. As we follow Jesus, we begin to understand how life is to work. It's it's not going to all make sense, but we begin to see God's ways. We begin to understand how He works. Because the longer we walk in the light, the longer we walk with Jesus, the more we see his and get to know his character. The more we see and get to know his nature. We begin to understand the kinds of things that he would or wouldn't do. And the more we see and understand that, the more we are, to, uh, more we are able to fully trust him in all circumstances. The longer we walk in his light, the easier it is to trust him because we, get, we know him better and we've developed a history with him. Now, the last thing I want to point out is that when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, what he's saying was significant. What he's saying is Jesus is the light for all people. All people. Now, this was radical when Jesus said this and the Jews heard him. It was radical because the Jews were God's chosen people, right? They were God's chosen people, and they knew it. But somehow they got the idea that that meant they were superior to all the other nations, that they were somehow better than the other nations. It was very much a, it's all about us, it all revolves around us attitude. And that kind of attitude is always unhealthy. Whether we're talking about a nation, a race of people, a church, an individual, it it doesn't matter. It totally misses the heart of God. You see, the Israelites had become confused. They thought being God's chosen people was all about privilege, when it was really about responsibility. When God chose Israel to be his chosen people, it wasn't because they were better than the other nations. It was because he was giving them the responsibility of being the guardians of his word and the responsibility of introducing the world to the Savior. Because through them would come the Savior, not just of Israel, but of the world. Of all nations. Look at what Isaiah 42:6 says. It's a it's a servant passage. There's, there's passages in Isaiah about the, the, the servant of the Lord. There's servant passages, and, and, and they're talking about Jesus. They're looking forward to talking about Jesus. And he says, It says, I will give you to my people, Israel, as a symbol of my covenant with them, and you will be a light to guide Israel. No, it says, you will be a light to guide the nations. And then look at Isaiah 49, six, still about Jesus. He says, you will do more than restore the people of Israel to me. I will make you a light to the Gentiles. The Gentile was anybody that was not, did not belong to the nation of Israel. I will make you a light to the Gentiles and you will bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. That was always the plan from the very beginning. It was never just about Israel it was about all of us Jesus isn't just the light of Israel he is the light of the world he came to save the world anyone from any background in any nation anyone who would turn from their sin and look to him in faith and believe that he rose from the dead would be saved it's important to keep that in mind now especially now in times as contentious as these. Every person that we meet, every person we talk to, every person we post about is someone to whom, Je- someone whom Jesus loves as much as he loves us. Everyone. No exceptions. No matter how much they differ for us in various beliefs or in pe- political persuasion, we need to treat them with the same love as jesus would treat them my prayer is that i would always see people first as jesus sees them that that would be the filter through which i view every person i'm not there but i'm working on it but that's my prayer for me, and that's my prayer for this church. If we, can do, if we can learn to do that, it will change our lives, it will change our church, it will change our community, and it will change our nation. When this election is over, and all the counting is done, you and I as believers have a huge task ahead of us. All the rhetoric, all the accusations, all the insults have greatly damaged and divided our nation. We need peacemakers who will look past their own hurt, past their own feelings, past their own just beliefs and work to bring healing, who will work to bring the light. We need the light of the world to show us how to step out of the darkness, which has covered this nation. That's what we need to be. A peacemaker isn't somebody that just tries to avoid or ignore problems. A peacemaker is not one that just tries to avoid stirring things up. A peacemaker is one who will work to bring this person and that person who are so opposed to each other and bring them together in peace. That's hard work. It takes wisdom. It takes maturity. It takes discernment. And that's what this nation needs. And that's what we in the church need are called to be. And blessed are the peacemakers. Let's pray. Jesus, you are the light of the world. We recognize that. We believe that. We ask you to illuminate our hearts. That we would learn to always see others the way that you do, Lord. Through your eyes and with your love give us your heart and use us to be healers and peacemakers keep us focused on the things of your kingdom and not the things of this world we pray this in the name of jesus amen ready to receive the benediction just a word for blessing may the god of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with help by the power of the Holy Spirit. Be good if I turn my mic on. Let's do that again. Can we do that? Can you take two blessings in one Sunday? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, and may you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.